0: This podcast is brought to you by drunkmummysobermummy.com and made in association with hellosundaymorning.org, changing the world's relationship with alcohol, one Sunday at a time. All oh, the kettle's boiled. Great. Perfect timing. Should we get started then? I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Lucy Good, and this is Sober Forward.
1: Right, Lucy, over to you. Thanks, Vic. So whatever stage you're at on your sober journey, and Vic and I are at completely different stages, you'll know that life without booze can at times feel, what do you reckon? Awkward. Lucy and I invite you to listen to our podcast,
0: where we discuss the realities of sobriety, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the cringingly embarrassing. Our honest and open chats will help you discover what it really means to be sober.
1: Yes, we're here like a dodgy bottle of port from your nan's drink cabinet to take the edge off sobriety. And together, we can learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway.
0: Who the fuck is this? Alan, you can't be rude. We've got a guest here today. You Don't we tell... Oh, my God, what's he Don't like? Don't
2: try it on with me, he Alan. W-
0: he will. He'll try it on with you. Ugh. I know, he's hard work. Anyway, he does exist, Faye. You can see that that is Alan, the sound guy there. Living proof. Living proof. There he is. He's a real man. Lurking around the booth like a little troll. (laughs)
2: He's even Uh, worse than I imagined. He is. He's worse, isn't he? I think so.
0: I just want to say very quickly that this podcast is proudly sponsored by Liars. Liars make simply the finest alcohol free spirits the world has ever seen. Find out later in the show about their free mixology classes. Ah, So here I am. I'm in the booth and I'm without Lucy. I have a stranger. Well, not really a stranger. I have my mate Faye here with me today and she is an expert on sober dating. So that's what we're going to be chatting about today. How are you, Faye? Do you Uh, want to introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, I'm really well. Thank you, Vic. Um, I am particularly excited about this topic because... Um, I founded Untoxicated which is a sober social community and it was one of the themes that we used to get all the time and I know in my own life as well it was a big thing for me too so I'm bringing my learnings here today to share with you guys.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, Lucy's away today. So we've got, you know, a double professional party pooper here with me. So there's two <laughs> of us today, which is exciting. It's very lonely in the booth on your own, isn't it? Can't have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I've been in COVID lockdown, Faye, you will be pleased to hear that I'm out oh. now. I'm, I'm actually free from COVID, which has taken about a week and a half, because we all dropped like flies.
2: Oh, God. I know. How how was it?
0: It was pretty bad. But, like, the worst thing about it, Faye, was my shop was I ordered from Coles, which I've never done before. Yeah. And I just went through and picked through the pictures, and I ordered everything in miniature. (laughs) So when everything arrived, it was like one juice popper, one tiny can of yoghurt, and it was like the borrowers. Do you remember the borrowers? No. Yes, like these little tiny people that live in... underground in a forest and have, like, acorn
2: hats. Rookie era. (laughs) You do it the first time, you never do it again after that. I
0: had enough food to last about an hour in my house. So, yeah. So I got a bit better at the Coles uh, orders by the end of it. But, yeah, I'm all right now. It was a bit shit. Have you had it? No. No, I haven't actually. You've avoided it?
2: Well, I may have had it, but just wasn't... Yeah, it bad. I had a few symptoms, but I don't know if I was just being... Yeah hypochondriac. Yeah, know.
1: probably. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so here I am in my in my lovely little booth with my friend Faye, sweating together like a couple of sardines in a tin. Today we are awkwardly delving into sober dating. It's something I know nothing about doing to being happily married and having only ever dated when plasters, apart from three times, which I'm going to talk about later. So I brought Faye in to save the day. Woo-hoo! She is going to tell us all of the gory details. She is a grey area drinking coach and founder of the Sober Social Network Untoxicated. Until she met her partner, Faye was a single sober woman dating without alcohol. Bloody miracle.
2: Absolutely it is. And uh, yeah, it's quite the experience. Uh, So I'm going to share... Uh, some of those with you guys so that hopefully uh, my learnings will be useful to you so that you don't have to go through the quite as awkward as I did. (laughs) Um, But yeah, been there, seen it all. Um, I'm very excited to be here. It feels like quite surreal, actually. In the booth. Yeah, absolutely. But who's that angry bloke staring at me? Yes, yeah. weirdo.
0: Yeah, that is Alan. Don't worry about him. I'll just chuck him a digestive and hopefully he'll leave us alone for the rest of the podcast. Right. Yeah, (laughs) just ignore him. Okay. The reason why we're doing this podcast is because so many people have emailed me, especially on my Facebook group, asking us to give them insight into the sober dating scene. I was hoping that Lucy might go on a few dates and investigate this mysterious world, but I'm finding it too hard to drag her away from her knitting and she's gone on holiday, so I've called in the expert.
2: Yeah, and apparently that's me. Uh, So, you know, hopefully (laughs) I can live up to that intro. Uh, But I have done my fair share of sober dating and have hosted a sober singles night uh, for about 65 people. So I do have... um, Some stories of my pre- and post-sober dating life to add to the uh, Sober Awkward Shame Shed. Excellent. We love a few humiliating
0: shame stories. They're our favourite. Yes. Today you'll get our very own Sober Awkward Guide to Sober Dating. We will find out if it's even possible... And it is... ...how to prepare the do's and don'ts and hopefully give you the confidence to just be your authentic self on your next date rather than a dribbling mess whose dignity got flushed down the bog with that fourth shot of sambuka.
2: Oh, I remember it too well. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, we want you to date without shame, regret and without hopefully snogging the cabbie on the way home if you don't fancy your date guilty <laughs> it's time to try Taxi. yes oh my god uh it's time to try a new style of dating and that's breakfast you remember dinners that don't end with sloppy shags and rendezvous in which you are unapologetically you which is what it's all about
0: yes Faye, it's time for me to dig up all your embarrassing stories Reveal your deepest, darkest secrets and tear apart all of your sexual fails. Mm, are you ready?
2: Oh, my word.
0: Is it too late to back out? It is. <laughs> yeah, so Faye is here today. She's an ex-party girl yeah. who gave up drinking, what was it, four years ago, Faye?
2: Yeah, four years, four months. Yeah. Ooh. And, how, and how,
0: how did that come about? Did you reach a point where you'd just had enough?
2: Uh yeah, I definitely I for me personally I I had lost control of my drinking. So yeah. I had been a big big boozer for about 30 years, but you know the typical story I suppose which is the high functioning and career and kids and house and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and then eventually it just, it really did get out of hand. So, um, I, I had to knock it on the head, which is what I did in late 2017. Brilliant.
0: And I guess you were single at that time. Is that right?
2: Uh, well, I kind of had this on and off again, yeah, (laughs) this on and off again thing going on, uh, that sort of limped on and off again for another couple of years, um, yeah, but I did do I did do um, sober dating in there with a with a number of different people, and uh, before so, I met my current partner, we've been together for oh god how long is it I don't know A year eighteen months something <laughs> like that. Um, so yeah,
0: so there's something to be said for drinking and going out with someone in the first place, isn't there? It can be quite yeah. a nerve wracking experience. Yeah, why do we think that you know culturally? drinking and dating seem to always go hand in hand don't they?
2: Yeah I think there's a lot of factors actually to that I think it's just that you want the relaxation that the alcohol is able to provide most people are pretty anxious about you know oh god am I gonna like them are they gonna like me we're not gonna know what to talk about all those sorts of things Um, so it's those nerves we want to you know, seem more interesting and uninhibited. And there's also this whole thing like drinking and dating goes absolutely hand in hand. If you ever think of movies or anything you see on TV, it's always about drinking and dating hand and, you know, going for weekends away or going out for nice dinners with loads of booze. And um obviously there's sex as well. The yeah, of... well yeah. yeah, the thought of that
0: when you're so when you first get sober is really daunting, isn't it? Oh my word. It's so ingrained socially as well. It's like a cultural thing. It's normalized if you're going out on a date with someone, so you're gonna have a few drinks, you're gonna to wanna to relax a little bit, and it's gonna make the night run a bit quicker and a bit easier. It's gonna get your inhibitions gone and yeah. you will Feel like oh I can do this now. Yeah. Whereas when you're sober, it's the complete opposite, isn't it? Yeah. You go into the situation, you've got the nerves, you've got nothing to get rid of them. You've got a guy sitting opposite or a lady sitting opposite that you've never met, and of course you're going to feel like having a drink, especially if you've been a drinker before. Perhaps if you've never been a drinker, then that would be okay. But yeah. it's when you've been a drinker and you've used these crutches in the past that your brain is automatically going to take you to I am here, I am nervous, and I need to have a drink. It's really normalized and 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 I would still do it even though I don't you know I don't sober date I feel the same way when I'm socializing or if mm. I'm meeting someone new mm. I know that a drink in the past would have helped that situation yeah I mean me and my husband went out for a date the other night we, it, we finished our dinner at six o'clock and we're <laughs> like oh my god we can't go home it's too early and we went yeah. bowling and the We were still home by half past seven and we had to put the bloody kids to bed. They were still up when we got home. But the fact was I didn't sit in in a bar or a restaurant for ages and sit and have a few drinks. My night was over because the drink wasn't there. So it does change your your nights out or your dating because the nights are shorter and you do want to get out of there a bit more bloody quicker than you used to. There aren't those long adventures where you go to one bar and another and then a restaurant and then it changes things when you're sober. So that's what we're going to talk about today, a little bit about what it's like going into that situation and how to deal with it.
2: Yeah. And I think actually there's a lot of benefits to the sober dating, which yeah. we are going to touch on here. But also, I think that, you know, for most of us with sober dating, we probably have a couple before we even go out. Probably. Yeah. You know, got bottle of so bottle Well, not quite as much (laughs) as that, but a couple of wines or a couple of beers at least while you're getting ready. That's all part of the ritual, isn't it? Yeah, so so is.
0: I mean, the two really do go together. It's like we're expected to drink when we go on a date. We become accustomed to being tiddly in this self-conscious situation. And the thought of dating without booze seems unfathomable. I mean, why date sober when you can date drunk would have been my motto when I was a heavy booze bag. I simply wouldn't have done it. Um too confronting, too real, especially if sexy time was involved, Faye. Oh, the
2: sexy time's the clincher. That's what it really gets people scared. Yeah. And understandably. Yeah. Um, but you know, it can really feel excruciatingly awkward at first. There's no there's no um sort of sugarcoating that. Um but it is doable. It's absolutely doable and it can be fun. Ish. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw that little ish in there. <laughs> but what's more, there's so many positives about it, and one of those is that you weed out the douchebags much, much quicker. Yeah, and that can only be a good thing. And. Given my dating history, is probably literally life saving.
0: Yeah, and we're probably going to talk about it from a little bit of a female point of view today. But when we say douchebags, we mean male and female douchebags. Correct. Yeah. Yes,
2: one hundred percent. So before we get stuck in, let's find out what dating was like before we gave up drinking. Uh, hashtag hot mess. Yeah. Uh, and Vic, I know you're, I know you're happily married now, uh, and you haven't dated sober, but you know, you you still are doing dating sober with your husband. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, even if you are at home by eight o'clock. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your pre-marriage dating? What was that like when you were a piss I mean, it
0: was never really dating. I wouldn't really consider it that. It was just a total mess. It was just me hunting down men in bars. <laughs> are you coming back to mine? There was no courting or or, you know, walking along the promenade hand in hand. There was... It was just like grabbing someone off a grabby dance floor and saying, "Right, you'll do. Let's go home together." Yeah. So that was dating. It was I was more dating the alcohol. So I'd probably spend more time having a relationship with alcohol at the bar, and then going onto the dance floor and you know doing that lasso dance. You remember when you sort of oh, lasso yeah, them and yeah, then pull yeah. them towards you and then go like, "Let's go." Yeah. Get yeah. a taxi. Oh,
2: so there wasn't even any conversation. Not really, even oh, any God. conversation. No,
0: it was just like, "Who's left
1: when Why? the lights come at up?" The end? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, I did pull someone once in the uh, club queue, so, yes. you know... On the uh, way in I'm, or the way out? No, it was on the way yes. in, I have to say, so I was probably one step ahead, yes. but... That's
1: pretty know, impressive.
2: Yeah, but...
3: Uh,
0: yeah, so there is. was no fine dining or, like, nice, like, sort of snogs at, at moon in the moonlight or anything like that. It was just me drunk, grabbing hold of someone's shirt and saying, right, we're off, fancy a shack. So, yeah, yeah I hope my parents don't listen to this episode because yeah. I, was, I was under the influence... For we have to say that you know I wasn't in the right state of mind I was drunk I just thought well everyone seems to be sleeping around that's what i'll do and also that's probably going to give me a funnier story for down the pub the next day yeah. so all of my mates we all got together on a sunday for a sunday lunch and we all had our stories from the night before and i loved being the one with the funny story about some weird guy Same.
1: yeah and
0: you know and even though it was i you know i was putting myself at risk in those situations i still loved the story i never considered the risk i was like this is what people want from me and that was part yeah. of my whole drinking and people pleasing I can totally um,
2: relate to that can i I'll yeah. just ask you what age were you when you stopped doing that?
0: Oh, when I got married. Yeah. Literally when I got married. Yeah. I was doing that until 34. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I only remember three dates in my life. So I have been on three sober dates that I do remember. The first one was a guy that he was a virgin and I just remember we went out for dinner and he'd never been out for dinner anymore with anybody ever before. And the the salad came that was a starter and he was picking bits of salad um, from the plate. I'm showing Faye, I'm doing actions. I'm I'm sorry you can't see them. But he was picking salad from the plate, holding it above his head and dropping it into his mouth like he thought it was sexy. And then he ordered a drink and he was licking the side of the glass before he took a sip. Were you moist? (laughs) No, No, I was ice cold, quite honestly. I'm getting moist here just hearing it. <laughs> I was ice cold. Ooh, yeah, and it was really odd. Yuck. But anyway, I put him out of his misery. He wasn't he wasn't a virgin the next day.
3: Even oh, though I you didn't did. like
0: him. I know. You did. I know that's a, there. I know. That's the sort of person well, I was, though. we all I were. put aside my own yeah. self-care yeah. to please people, and that's a perfect result of that, you know, terrible. Yeah. The other day I had was a guy that I met online who took me to, to London Zoo for the day, and when I arrived, he'd actually adopted me a pet monkey. <laughs>
2: That's actually quite cute.
0: Yeah, I'd actually adopted me a chimp called Harry. So you could take it home with you at oh, the end of the so, day. So honestly it wasn't cute, it was weird. He was like, "Here, sign the papers." I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you've adopted me." I didn't get to take it home, which was the sad thing because I wouldn't have minded a pet monkey in those yeah. days. I probably would have slept with it. it. Would-
2: <laughs> Best work. I ever had. I th- <laughs> I think I think Alan's going to need to cut that bit out. Yeah. You're going to have Peter, P-E-T-A, calling yeah.
0: about that one. The World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> what is it, WWF? Oh, that's yeah. funny. Oh, and the other sober date, I remember sitting there with a guy who I'd met and he'd invited me out for a drink and I was all excited. And yeah. when I got there, he didn't really speak. And he was like just sitting there and I thought, like, oh my God, this is the most boring thing ever. And I actually said to him, are you shy or thick? Oh. <laughs> that didn't go down well. Yeah, what so, was his
2: response?
0: Well, yeah, he got up and walked away. Okay. Yeah, which is fair enough. I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really up for the dating the, the, thing. The charm. I, wasn't I didn't know out how to do it. Day. No, I didn't know how to do it. So I just was like, I just, I was just uncomfortable in that situation because I was just so used to being drunk. Yeah. That I just didn't know how to react around people. I didn't know how to speak to people. All I knew how to do was drink, tell funny stories, and then pass out. Yeah. So dating, any sort of sober dating for me was
2: out of bounds. Okay, interesting. What was it like for you, Faye? Um, Yeah, okay. In your drinking days? Yeah, it was pretty chaotic, I've got to be honest. Um, So going back to when I, oh, I'm thinking about 20 years ago now. (laughs) So this is how long it went on for. Um, There was the guy who gave me the piggyback in the wee hours in the Valley Mall in Brisbane. Uh, and he kind of toppled over, and I toppled over the top of him and hit the pavement and knocked my two front teeth out. <laughs> um, God. so literally to this day, the two front teeth aren't mine. It's cost me tens of thousands of
1: dollars oh over my the yeah God, from a so from much a drunken dend- date.
2: Yep. Uh, but he actually wanted a relationship after that, can you believe? And he started sending me flowers and texting me every morning and night. And morning, beautiful, you know, hope you have a great day. It's yeah. like, uh, mate, do you remember the night, the last time you saw me, I had no front teeth? <laughs> So he didn't it wasn't very unapologetic <laughs> it wasn't apologetic about the whole situation. No, he he offered actually to pay for half the dental work until he, <laughs> until I said I didn't want a relationship. It's not
0: something you and when then- you go out on a date you expect
2: at the end of it to be discussing oh, dental costs. No, that was that was quite I mean, one would think that at the end of an experience like that, you probably really reassess your drinking. Yes. But no, no. I just chalked that up to, well, yeah. it's a bit of a big night out. It happens to everyone, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I'm a finger missing, as you know, Faye, so that's oh,
0: what happens on my nights yeah, out. Yeah, you did that. But yeah, those right. red
2: flags. We do love ignoring those, oh, don't we? Those red flags indeed. Um, there was another time I ended up going out with one guy for dinner and drinking. Drinks and then much, much later in the proceedings uh, ended up going home with one of his mates. Oh, yeah, classic. And I must admit that one was mortifying. I felt so, so bad about that. Um, But, you know, it's not just limited to those early dates. Some of them kind of ended up being in these dating for a little bit pattern uh, with a few dead set psychos. Uh, one was a con man who tattooed my name across his chest. Mm. Hi, Brad. Uh, <laughs> and then later, I found out from one of his subsequent victims that he'd been passing it off as his grandma, his late grandma. Oh, because you'd split up, so he didn't want to say yeah. that he had a girl's name on Correct. written on him. He didn't have a grandmother called Vay. It It was was actually just another lie. Oh, gosh. Um, And then there was another one who tried to throw himself on the bonnet of my moving car. Yes. Um, And another – my kids were in the car at the time, by the way. Oh, gosh, Yeah, Not good. Oh, not good at all. Um, And then there was another one who was building a house next to his former – uh, F-Buddy, shall we say, and oh, they yes. had AVOs out on each other. Oh, yes. It's funny uh, how you find so out we- these <laughs> things later on in the
0: relationship, isn't it? All these quirky little foibles <laughs> And at
2: that juncture, I just sort of thought a lot of these things were actually quite normal. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I was still drinking and it was a bit of a hot mess. So it's amazing, like those
0: dating drinking it is just a really, really messy situation. It sounds like we were both like real dating disaster zones back then and relationship disaster zones as well. Many years in the making, Liar's exquisite range of lovingly crafted non alcoholic spirits was born from a quest to make the impossible possible, giving you the freedom to drink your drink, your way. Liars spirits look, taste, smell and sachet around your palate, just like the original. And with all the classic spirits represented, practically every cocktail known to man can be faithfully recreated and enjoyed in a non-alcoholic fashion. It's this absence of giggle juice that allows you to let your hair down and enjoy a social occasion then arise in fine fettle to pursue whatever tickles your fancy the following day. If you're anything like Lucy and I, and probably you too, Faye, you'll know that attempting to make your own mocktails is hard. They often end up like a brown sludge in a glass that tastes like mud. I'm rubbish at them. But we're pleased to announce that Liars are here to change that and teach you how to do a cocktail with class and flavour with their amazing free mixology classes. Online, one-to-one and tailored to your purchase, a 15-minute Liars Mixology lesson will teach you how to make the most of your Liars product in a fun and casual environment. Free with every purchase. Simply pick a date and a time that suits you and allow one of the Liars Ambassadors walk you through the wonderful world of Liars and how to create some top tasty tipples. Go to liars.com to find out more. Liars, simply the finest alcohol-free spirits in the world. long-term repercussions from short-term lifestyle I mean that sums me up hugely I used to get into these relationships like I've talked about meet someone at a club end up going out with them and it would take me a year to find out that they were a psycho or that that they had another girlfriend or that they were so moody or you know I'd waste years on these people because I'd met them when I was under the influence and not in the right state of mind to be a good judge of character that's one thing you know oh you're a terrible judge of character when you're drunk, I could never have have known any of this about these people but by the time I'd got into a relationship with them it felt like it was too late for me and I'd already accepted their their faux pas if you, you know, I'd already accepted what they were like and it got too late for me to get out so these one night stands led to really really fucked up relationships for me.
2: Yeah and I think also the other thing is that you use alcohol to manage the relationship so if you are dating someone and you've met them under those circumstances usually that's going to continue through the relationship And what I found was using the alcohol as a way to kind of stay in and manage the fact that you know, there's that kind of cognitive dissonance in that you know it's something's not right and you feel uneasy, um, but you're using the alcohol to kind of assuage all these fears that are cropping up in your mind. And um, everything feels okay when you're drinking. Yeah. Uh, You're sort of numbing it out. You're numbing yourself out. You're numbing
0: the relationship out. You're numbing your partner out. And actually it's not a real situation. It ends up just being a kind of fantasy world where no one's really happy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think also you see this a lot with people when they give up and maybe their partner doesn't or maybe they do both give up at the same time um, that there can be a real struggle in the relationship as in – Oh, why are we still together? Like when you take the drinking out of the equation, why? What have we got? What have we got in common anymore?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, So, yeah, people like, so it's really a relationship hanging in the balance. You're, You're only being held together by this one thread, which is alcohol. And when people sober up, that's why a lot of relationships disintegrate, is because you're only hanging on to this one thing together. You enjoy each other's company when you're drunk, and when that's taken out, all you're left with is all this raw emotion and and realness. Yeah. So it's very, very hard to keep something on track once this, you know, once alcohol is out of the picture. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I think you also develop a much better relationship with yourself and you yeah. start listening to yourself and start trusting yourself and start having boundaries and stop people pleasing as much and all of those things. Yeah. And you kind of go, like, actually, no, I don't want to put up with your crap (laughs) yeah I don't want to put up with whatever it is you're dishing out I'm out of here yeah I'm out you know so it's it's all of those sorts of things I think play into it but you know it's no wonder those drunken dates never led anywhere really because I mean they're not seeing the real you are they no definitely not Uh, and you don't see the real them either so overall you don't really know each other it's a way of avoiding true, real intimacy. Definitely, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, looking back, I do regret not being present during those dating years of my 20s and 30s. I wish I could have been kinder for myself like you're talking about, you know, had more dignity and been proud after dates mm. rather than hanging my head low in shame as I stumbled home after giving my body away to another toothless stranger.
2: Was that right? Oh, yeah, the toothless I stranger. Think I, think I think I've met you. If it was, you were bloody good Gappy. in the sack. Oh, Gappy! <laughs> I haven't seen you for a while. You were great. That's like, that was a night to remember that one. God, it's funny,
0: isn't it? It seems like alcohol really stopped my personality shining through and it blocked me emotionally. So all my relationships were failures, even the dates, like even the one night stands. That, that's not a successful night out. Mm. The only thing potential partners got for me were like a spitty snog, a fake phone number and perhaps a pet monkey. Shame, really.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the pet monkey was okay. No, yeah, he would have been good. I think so.
0: Chuckles. Yeah, <laughs> Chuckles? <laughs> oh, God. So drinking disasters aside, Faye, eventually four years ago, you and I both got sober. Yes. I was married, so sober sex was something I did with my husband and it was just about bearable. But you were single when you made this huge life-changing choice. Yeah. How did you feel about going back into the dating scene Without your old buddy booze.
2: Oh, I tell you what, it was, well, I was seeing the on-off guy for the first year, um, on-off. And then after that, sort of, I, I then dipped my toe back into the dating world, so to speak. And honestly, it was terrifying. I've got to be honest. And it was so interesting going out on dates and things like that because you just, you don't know what to do. So it is a bit like being at high school again. You're all sort of teenage and awkward and, like, knocking teeth and all this sort of thing. And you're not quite sure of the etiquette of it all because you're like – well, do we kiss at the end of the date or what are yeah. the rules? And you're this... self-aware
0: in that moment. Yeah. So that the self-awareness is making you very, very conscious of all of your choices in the moment, isn't it? Yeah. So therefore everything feels raw and real. And I always like describe sobriety as that light, bright light shining in your face every time you go out. Like you can see every part of someone. I remember I used to feel like I could see people's blood pumping through their veins or okay. see every part of their eyes or their teeth or their face or everything felt close and real and it made me feel anxious quite honestly and I can imagine it's the same when you go out on those first dates
2: yeah because you just don't really know what to do and it feels all new especially if you've never really done it as an adult if you you know in which case I hadn't so you know I would just sort of fling my tongue down someone's throat Mm. midway through the date, and that would be it and you know like there was no sober no, 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 I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell, you're well, keen. It might have been <laughs> the occasional time, but you know, it was just that sort of not really having to think about it too much. You just went with the flow because you you were uninhibited. Whereas when you're when you're not. Uh, drinking, you are thinking about all of these things and you are much more protective of yourself and your space. Um, You know, and I used to feel quite proud of myself at the end of dates that I hadn't overstepped the mark and I hadn't you know I had managed to get myself home in one piece and I might have given them a bit of a kiss but that was enough it wasn't going to end up you know taking them back or anything like that and so I started having more respect for myself and that's not to say people that choose to have a one-night stand shouldn't have respect for themselves it's just for me um, that felt like a a grown-up thing to do shall we say I wasn't just mindlessly going along in the moment I was actually thinking about what was right for me
0: and that's something that sobriety gives you is that is that clarity and that presence to make choices for yourself in those situations and that's what we're going to talk a lot about today is being present rather than you know because when you're drinking you're either in a blackout or you're you're on that Tr- crazy train aren't you yeah. you're kind of out of the station it's all guns blazing and you're off yeah and Whereas, you don't give a shit and you don't give a shit you don't give a shit about yourself you no. don't give a shit about anyone else don't you know give a shit. it's just everything's gone out of the window hasn't it mentally, physically everything's gone you're not you no. so what we're going to talk about today is being present and being, being the real you in all of these situations why do you think Faye that people find this part of sobriety hard more than anything else?
2: Look, I think dating is terrifying at the best of times. I think even if you are drinking, it's still quite nerve-wracking. And I think then to do it without kind of any numbing agent or anything to hide behind, that means you're bringing yourself. You're bringing yourself um, and, and, you know, you're making yourself vulnerable by showing up there and like, oh, my God, this is a complete stranger. And, you know, all those questions like... What if we don't have anything to talk about? And what if I hate him? And Is he going to to a I pet gonna, monkey? Yeah, and who <laughs> pays? And what do I do? Yeah. And what if he tries to kiss me? And what if he tries to, you know, how am I going to feel? And, you know, I mean, this is the way my anxious brain works. And, and what if I start chipping? You know, blathering on because I'm making an idiot of myself because I really fancy him, or what if he's a knob? So this is kind of like amplified times a thousand, mm. and that's that awkwardness that you can have, and that feeling of vulnerability. I think makes it um, like a particularly terrifying people thing, uh, ter- terrifying thing for people. So, um, but you know, the good news is that once you've got a little bit of practice under your sleeve, it gets a lot lot easier.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like anything, isn't it? Practice yeah. makes perfect. Yeah. I mean it is awkward and you do have to put yourself out there and it is gonna be hard the first few times you do it. Yeah. I wonder, Faye, did you date men that were drinkers when you were when you got sober? Was yeah. that something
2: you specified or Well, I mean, if you uh haven't done like online dating yeah. you I'm forty eight and so back then I was forty four. So you know that the pool <laughs> the pool the pool is quite slim pickings anyway. Okay, right. Um of of the type of guys that you might be interested in. So I was unsure how I felt about it at that stage. Yeah. I thought, look, probably we'll need to be a non-drinker, but I wasn't sure and I didn't want to limit my options too much. Yeah. So I did get date guys that were drinkers or they were people that drank when they weren't around me, that sort of thing. And I just wanted to kind of like test it out, to be honest. Um, but I did put it on, on all my dating profiles and things like that because I just wanted to be upfront about it and I know that's not for everyone, but in that process, and I think this is like indicative of a lot of sobriety, is like working out does this feel right for me? Doesn't this feel right for me? Um, I realized quite quickly it wasn't going to work for me because I didn't want those questions of you know, can I have booze in the house for yeah. me? The home is a safe space. I don't want booze at home, yeah, and I think that's possibly unfair to a partner who does drink um, you know or they might not be cool with it. I just didn't want to go there to be honest, and I thought it's just easier uh if they're not so yeah. for me that was the that was the choice that i made yeah i think
0: if i was single too i think now in in my early sobriety i probably would have you know maybe given someone a chance that was a drinker. But yeah. I think now I'm more confident in my sobriety. I just don't want that around me anymore. And no. I think it does change the longer you are sober. You are more accepting of people who drink because you understand that everybody, not everybody has a problem, of course. yeah. But at the same time, there's part of me who just goes, well, why would I put myself in that situation? It's not something that appeals to me. I don't like the way people are. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate drinkers. I'm, no. not, I'm not at that stage where I don't like people drinking. But I just know that, you know, I do get bored of the same story being said again and getting a bit spitty at me or being a bit too close. I'm just like, oh. Right, I don't. I just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. So I think now, if I was dating, I think I would prefer to be with somebody who who was sober as well. I think that yeah. was probably how it would go, and I think it would be safer for everybody, even the listeners out there, to say, look, you know, you can try both. Yeah, it might take you a while to work out what you want, but I would say probably most people will end up if you're really stringent in your sobriety. Trying to be with somebody who is on the same path of you because then you got you know you got more in common and, and being sober is such a huge thing that you want somebody else to understand and be part of that with you. So I can understand why you'd be like that now.
2: I think it's also just like your interests. So yeah. if if you're someone who loves camping and and hiking, you're probably not going to go out with someone who loves cruises and and you know five star yeah. hotels. Yeah. You know, so I, just that your interests change so much when you go on the sober path. I think for people that probably didn't have as much of a problem with the alcohol as I did, yeah. it's probably not as much of an issue today to date a drinker. But for me, because I can't yeah. um I, I don't want to have it in in my home space in particular and I've got no interest in going out to like big boozy dinners and things like that. So if you're with a partner that does still drink, they're possibly gonna want to do those things. Yeah. And you know, they deserve to be able to do those things. Yeah. So, you know, it just it's it's up to the individual to work out what's right yeah. for them, I think. Yeah, and it would be nice, isn't it? It's not, it would be nice to align yourself with
0: somebody on the same journey as you and, and yeah, I, I reckon that it would it would be hard to find that person, mm. which is why we're gonna talk about later is that you do have to go through a few dating disasters, which mm-hmm. I think you have had, <laughs> Faye. Is that right?
2: <laughs> I, definitely I'd say less so than when I was Drinking, okay, good. Um, but do you want me to? Do yeah, you want go me for to give it. A few, yeah, okay. we love a few dirty okay. stories. <laughs> so there was one guy that I met from—I'm pretty sure it was Tinder, actually—and he was from WA. And um, anyway, so we caught up and we had uh, like we caught up for an hour and had something to eat, some tapas or something, and a couple of non-alcoholic drinks. And I'm pretty sure he was a non-drinker, actually, from memory. But basically, he just propositioned me for sex. <laughs>
0: What over that? the over the tapas? Yes. Oh my
2: god. He laid over it on the the line. <laughs> and I honestly, like, if, if that had happened when I was when I was drinking, I would have been able to bat that back or, you know, handle that no problem at all. But I was just so taken aback. Yeah. And I didn't know I didn't know how to handle it at all. It just felt so incredibly awkward to me. Uh I said, no. Mm, Thanks. Fair enough but no thanks yeah. uh, and then he unmatched me on Tinder so oh, it, would, it. Look, it would have been a one night a one night thing because he was flying out in the morning I so. think you should be proud that you had a booty call though at 44
0: I mean that's pretty much what it was wasn't it it was yeah yeah nice yeah. Well, good
2: work nurses we just want to thank you for everything you do
3: we are shiftkey.com log on today and connect to open PRN shifts in your area work when you want where you want you can even get paid next day. ShiftKey.com. Start today.
2: Still got it going on, Still girlfriend. got it going on, yeah. 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 Uh, then there was a plumber, and this guy mm. and I have been talking for a little bit. Anyway, he turned up late to the date. Uh, he then, when it came to buying the drinks, had forgotten his wallet. Oh, conveniently, yeah. So while he was late, I was waiting out in the rain for him. So that was already a big as far mm. as I'm concerned on a first date. Uh, and then in the time that we were chatting, he called me a cheeky bitch. And <laughs> <laughs> why would he do I was that? Like- Oh, because he was, you know, he was a tradee. Not that there's anything wrong with tradies. No, tradies are think, sexy. I think he just, um, oh, I don't know, he thought it was banter or something. And I, right. I just don't take well to that kind. That was like, all red flag. No, That's the thing no. when you're sober, it's like sometimes you feel like
0: you're, you're, sort of more lenient side to what people say is kind of drained out of the bottom of your Birkenstocks, isn't it? It's yeah. like, I can be funny and I can be out there and I can be understanding and I can take a bit of banter. But if you take it that step too far, I am conscious enough to go, actually, mate, that is too much. Yeah, And people can go that way on dates because they get nervous and say stupid things. But when you're sober, it's like that times a million, as you said. Like, everything mm. is more affects you more and you take it more personally don't you it's like yeah. cheeky bitch what the, who the hell do you think you're talking
2: to well I just think you're much more aware yeah. of Red flags. Yeah. I think you're much more aware of red flags. And so had I been drinking and gone out with that guy, I probably would have brushed off a lot of these things. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't even have registered. I would say probably the wallet and the this and the that. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Oh, come on, let's get some drinks in. You know, but because I'm like, no, this is the first date. You should be putting the best foot forward. That's not what I said to him, of course. But in my mind, I was like, I'm never going to be seeing you again. Like That's it. Yeah. Um, and then, oh God, there was this last guy and he was lovely. He was mm. a lovely guy and, um, you know, he ticks a lot of boxes except he did have young children and my kids are older so I wasn't keen on that. Um, but he sent me, things were going quite okay, and then he sent me this really, really gushy text one night which was like out of Mills and Boone. We hadn't slept together or anything. We'd had about four dates Yeah, Um, saying that he wanted to allow our hearts to beat as one and our body heat to soothe each other in a castle of strength. <laughs> and Oh, my God. That's absolutely classic. Literally just wanted to vomit, which sounds awful. I think he was trying to be romantic, but I was just like, no. Have you got his number, (laughs) Faith? I want to text him back. Actually, I do. I've got a response. He's actually English. Okay. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't listen. (laughs) But... It was just so far removed from what I'm. Yeah. I i can not stand that sort of thing. Is I think he thought that that was what I wanted to hear. That wasn't the hardest oh, text. Quite sweet, it was longer, really. It was it's, longer than that. But it's that. annoying, isn't it? Because it's like you, someone's calling you a
0: cheeky bitch, and then the other one's like too romantic that it makes you feel sick so there's got to be a place like that's what's hard about sober hard. dating I think I'm just well, I think up, everybody asking. is I think everybody is aren't they there's got to be this middle road where you find someone you've got someone in common with yeah. something in common with and that's really really hard because it's either one thing or another thing and it's trying to find that person you align
2: with which will take some time but I think also it's the age as well I think once you hit your 40s I'm not sure whether your listeners are you know what 20 sort of, to 50s yeah. kind of the age range yeah right so women kind of know that the older you get the it can get a little bit trickier in terms of what's on offer out there yeah um so it, it you know you kind of think, oh, am I being unreasonable in my expectations and all of this? And then I'm like, no. When I get a text that makes me want to hurl into my slippers uh, <laughs> rather than want to jump his bones, which I did previous to this, yeah, um, it's a no from me. Yeah,
0: I mean, and that's what we're going to say imagine? too. Is like, it's okay to say no. Can you imagine Valentine's Day? Mm, I'm, I'm already imagining. I'm, I'm <laughs> fantasizing about. The puke in your (laughs) slippers. (laughs) The worst thing, though, of course, which we have to talk about because we're talking about sober dating, is sex. Mm -hmm. I mean, sober sex. Luckily for me, it's never really been an issue because... I was married when I got sober so it's never really been that bad I must say my libido probably isn't as high as it used to be I have three young kids running around me and my husband pass each other in the hallway with bottles of milk and give each other a peck on the cheek you know that's kind of the chapter of our lives that we're within at the moment it's just so hectic but we try and make time for each other and we do our best Mm -hmm. and you know sex is lovely because you know we love each other and we don't you know resent each other or there's, there's no weirdness because we know each other so well and he loves my body I'm very lucky and my body is not 100% perfect whose Is but so you know it's fine it works out okay but I cannot imagine being sober and having sex with somebody I've met on a date for me even just thinking about it like showing my body to somebody that I've just met or even if it's the 10th date I imagine feeling so self-conscious like I just cannot imagine I think I would avoid it actually how was it for you? Uh,
2: all of those things you say yeah (laughs) right (laughs) Shit. All of those things you say. So, you know, I mean, the first time you have sex with someone, that's usually quite a daunting thing, anyway. Yeah, um, Unless especially you're drunk, especially. If, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, so, so when you when it's daunting, even when you are drinking. Yeah, um, but then to do it with just sort of completely unbridled, and did you use, oh, did you use bridles? Oh. <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> All the secrets are coming out, aren't they? The, the like bridal. accidentally. <laughs> and Freud the, would have a field whip. day. <laughs> Freud would have a field day. But, you know, just that thought of being naked in front of someone for the first time is, particularly when you've had kids, you know, and um, it, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty scary. It's pretty scary and it is... And sex is something that for me changed completely after I got sober in that I didn't really revere it in any way. And why it was just sort of something like it's a fun thing to do. Whereas when you're sober, there's much more, um, it feels much more meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially with a new partner, it's kind of like you're giving each other a gift to let, To see the other person in this really vulnerable—it's so vulnerable. That vulnerability is what it
0: is. It's like here I am. This is me. I'm sober, and this is my body. And you know, can we? And can we get over quickly, please? Because I'm
2: shooting myself. Can we, wham, bam, Can thank we you, just get this? the first one out of the way? Yeah, and then Please. pass me the Netflix controller because yeah. I
0: need to yeah. relax. Decompress yes. after this. This yeah. one's,
2: you know, built up. but um, It's funny what
0: you say about the mummy bodies as well. A lot of our, our listeners are, are women in their 40s mm. and I think that would be an issue for me because my body's changed so much since having three kids. I think I would be very, very self-conscious about my flappy bits and my wobbly bits and things. And mm. I know you shouldn't be, be but good. I think at first, I would be and it would take me time to get used to the fact that you know people love all bodies all shapes and sizes of course men do and it would take me a while to get my head round and to start to embrace my body and theirs quite honestly yeah and I
2: think also you know if you're dating someone who's around the same age as you then they've probably experienced yeah other women with mummy bodies. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't be, you know, But so what I'm hearing you say is that you're probably going to go for a stud 20 years younger. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm hoping for. And, yeah, uh, And that uh, he's not going to be have been exposed to the mum bods. No, he'll be like watching porn on the internet oh, all the time and expect amazing. some like
0: bald eagle. <laughs> To say it the politely. Full nothing, the, the full nothing. The full lot gone. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I think they would probably run a mile quite Nippled honestly. Tassels, yeah. The but, whole yeah. The Nipple tassels on yeah. the works, yeah. yeah. It's such a different... I was going to say ball game, but that now doesn't sound right. But it's so different depending on your age, this sober sex thing. It depends how, you know, how far along you are with your sobriety and also with your maturity, how you accept someone else or or the differences in them and the changes that they've made and and how their wrinkles make them more wise or more, you know, it's looking at these things and understanding that these are assets. They're not things that are wrong with someone. These are their assets. This is who they are. My, My mummy tummy is because I had... Three C-sections, that's who I am. I've got a bit of a fold over, but that's because I created three lives. And it's Mm. things like that. Mm. As people mature, you start to understand and realise that you have this body for a reason and it's an incredible vessel that should be
2: respected. And when you're sober, I think people are more respectful of that. And I think part of that's age as well because you do tend to get a bit more accepting of your body as you get older. Yeah, definitely. You know, you're less yeah. self-flagellating. And look, let's face it, the guy's in the same boat. I mean, we have yeah. this thing that like the guy's coming along to this with huge amount of confidence. Well, if he's sober as well in particular, yeah. he's going to be incredibly worried about the size of his manhood and his, yeah. you know, his little bit of a gut and his, you know, men yeah. have stretch marks too. um, yeah. You know, all sorts of things. He's going to have just as many insecurities about his body, yeah. I would say. Yeah, I think that's um, a really good message is
0: to just, like, if you do, you are in that situation, yeah. just remember that they're going to feel the same way.
2: And look, most men are just happy to get laid. Yeah. yeah I think so. Yeah. I really don't think they're looking that hard. Yeah. I think they're just like, my God, there's a naked woman there. Yeah. Let's get to it. Let's
0: get it on. Sex can be an incredibly vulnerable experience for most people. For people who struggle with alcoholism, the desire to dull out some of the more uncomfortable feelings associated with sex, like fear, anxiety, self-awareness, sober people tend to avoid it for as long as humanly possible.' There are lots of sober eunuchs wandering around gagging for a shag but are too overly worried to do it. There are. To help those shy sober souls get back on the horse with that bridle and that whip.
2: Oh,
3: yeah,
2: baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's look at some of the reasons why sex is actually a lot better for you and your date when alcohol is off the menu.
2: Well, I think uh, number one, as I kind of alluded to earlier, is the fact that you don't tend to, uh, and this is no judgment to people that, that... do want to jump in quickly uh, but you don't tend to rush into it so quickly so by the time you do actually get down to it that anticipation baby you know like there's a lot of frisson that's that's built up and that's actually quite exciting to have to wait a little bit yeah Um, whereas you know I I was prior to being sober probably uh, you know a few couple of dates and if that <laughs> and you don't get to experience
0: that excitement then do you yeah. yeah deciding to step out of the comfort zone is scary but it can also be thrilling that's exactly what we're saying growing your confidence in this department will help you for the next time practice makes perfect so you keep going If you, even if you're vulnerable and you hate your body in that first situation and you feel like it went really badly it's great to be vulnerable and show yourself to someone because the next time you do it, you're going to feel that, even if it's a tiny bit, you're going to feel a little bit better about yourself. And if you keep doing it, in the end, you're just going to be like, right, here I am. Let's do
2: this. (sighs) Yeah, growling. Although I would say that this is sort of merely an extension of the whole, if you think about it, the whole sober journey, everything about it is uncomfortable at the beginning. Yeah, everything. That's why it's called sober awkward. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. Uh, And so this is just a sort of, an extension of that, that, you know, will get easier with time. Like all the other elements of your sober life, your new sober life, it all gets easier over time. And yep. this is, you know, it's the same with this. So don't fear if you're absolutely terrified and you think it's never going to happen for you. Just, you know, take it as take it as you um, at your own pace and keep pushing yourself a little bit out of your comfort
0: zone. Yep, just a little bit each time. Hmm. Yeah. So sobriety means you stop having sex just to please. I mean, that's an important point. For me, it was yeah. it was never my choice. And of what I've written here is your body, your choice. Sex will become about what you want, not because you feel like you should. In my past, my classic people-pleasing thing was to have sex with somebody because I thought that's what they wanted from me. Yeah. There was never a point where I thought, I like this guy, I want to have sex with him. Yeah. It was more like will he like me mm-hmm. and can I get that validation of him and and I'm going to give him my body to show that I feel okay now. So it was like it was like having sex with someone was a kind of feeling of love that I got, even though he left the next day and probably gave me a venereal disease. (laughs) It was still like a little love hit. And those love hits become a little bit addictive. When you feel like someone likes you enough to have sex with you then that's a good feeling. And then in sobriety, of course, I realise how wrong that is now. I'm like, oh, my God, what was I doing to myself allowing men to fornicate with me Mm. for my own sort of mental
2: health? It's really fucked up. Yeah, Well, it's just the validation, isn't it? It's just the validation to creating
0: it, yeah, and being so desperate for it. So, yeah, I was having sex to please others where in sobriety you can have sex to please yourself.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of women will be able to relate to that. I know certainly that was my experience as well. And I think, you know, in I was talking to a client about that, about this this morning, that the whole sober thing is putting you back in the driver's seat of your life. Yeah. And that is I get to decide when I want to have sex. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah, And I get to decide what I want my life to look like and I get to decide, you know, what my boundaries are and all of those things. And this is another part of that. And mm-hmm. you're not just going along with it because you think that that's wanted, you know, that's what is sort of the thing that you should do or that because yeah. someone else wants to. You're like hold on, do I want to? What do I want no, to do? Yeah. actually
0: I don't. Yeah, you've or, got to internalise it, haven't you, always? to yeah. go, this is what I want as a woman or as a man. This is what I want and this is what I feel comfortable with. Because you don't want to wake up regretting something. You know, yeah. you may as well be drinking again if you're waking up regretting everything. Yeah. You've got a choice now. You have the choice to live without regrets. And that's yeah. something that is wonderful. Because you don't need to wake up in the morning. If you've done something out of your own choice with a clear mind, yeah. there's no need for regret and shame and guilt and all those awful things that we experienced in drinking days yeah. you get up and go I made a good choice for myself yesterday he might have been a shit shag or this might have happened or that but I made it whatever choice it was with a clear brain and a clear mental state and that's really really important
2: yeah and even if that is that yeah I do still want to continue having one night stands More about to you great yeah. that's a, that's a decision that you're making for yourself and you're making that with a clear head and deciding that that's what you want on yep. your terms yeah great. go for your life you know totally. so I think um, you know, you definitely feel less like a, for me, one of the things that I used to do was the whole swinging from the chandeliers routine yeah. and porn star, <laughs> you know, freaking, oh my word. I don't know
0: who we were trying to impress in those days <laughs> with those crazy, you know, hanging off the chandelier moves. I don't know what we were thinking really, but we're just, we're just not our, you know, we're crazy banshees that are drunk. We're not our normal selves. So, of course, we're going to do things that are out of character. And of course, we're going to have shame and guilt and panic attacks the next day because those flashbacks to those moments when you're, I don't know doing all those awful things putting on that show it's not a pretty sight
2: is it no whereas i think when you when you embark upon the the sex side of things when you're sober you have um you know i remember in the beginning that it was like wow all these sensations yeah. and that connectedness with the other person yeah. and like you know, it just felt because you numb yourself out when you're drinking, don't you? And that can mean that, you know, you don't have have as many orgasms and things, you know, you don't have the sensation. So when you're doing it completely sober, you're really much more tuned into each other. And, um, you know, the sensations are, are heightened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know that some people do struggle with the sex side of things after they stop drinking. Just give yourself a little bit of latitude. Your whole body is recalibrating. Everything's recalibrating. It's a lot of change at once. That first year, there's so much change and you are you can be all over the place. You're fine one minute. You're all over the place the next. So just give yourself a little bit of a break and a, and, and a bit of self-kindness while you sort yourself out. Yeah. Gosh, it is is a strange
0: journey that we go on because we've been doing drinking for like 25 years, so that's all we know, or 30 years. All we know is this crazy style of sex or this crazy way of having relationships, and that's what sobriety is. It's about an entire new life, and it's about learning all these tricks and tools to do it in the safest and the best way that you possibly can that makes you comfortable without regret and with your self-respect. It seems sober sex might not be as wild as it was when we were wasted, Faye. There were, nowadays, there's not as much kind of that swinging off the chandeliers and screaming and bum slapping. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm still including those. in my. Okay, excellent. I can assure you the only bum slapping I get is my kids when I get out of the shower. (laughs) But it does sound like it's much more enjoyable sober. And you get to remember every squishy minute of it. I mean, there's no point in having sex and a blackout is there. You forget all the good bits.
2: Not really, no. no.
0: So now that cheeky sex bit is out of the way and we understand that the best thing you can do is do it again and again and again... Practice and be confident and be yourself. Yeah. Let's go over some dating do's and don'ts to our listeners so that they can feel more confident when stepping out into the sober scene. I think one of the most important things here, Faye, is to be upfront like you were on your Tinder profile we talked about. You know, be upfront and be honest on that first date or even before and tell someone that you are sober or that you are an alcoholic or whatever choice of words you use, you're sober curious. You're an ex
2: an ex, you know,
0: booze I used bag, to say teetotaler. Yeah, teetotaler, whatever to, you
2: want to say. But they didn't always pick up on it. Right. But Vic, the thing about that is that not everyone's comfortable um, having that conversation. No. So as always, you do what's right for you. Yeah. Um, but it just can be a useful uh, conversation to have or something to put out there in advance because yep. you want to be on the same page yep. at the end of the day. Totally. Uh, I'd also recommend deciding or having some idea before the date – uh, whether you're willing to date a drinker or not because yeah, it's a big one if they don't uh, know that you are sober and you go on the date and if it's like anything like my previous dates when I was a drinker you know your six wines in before the dinner's even been <laughs> been yes. served so if you're out on a date with someone and that's what happens how are you, you know how are you gonna handle that um, and that doesn't mean you need to discount drinkers at the outset but you know it's good to 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 feel your way with that one, I think, as we spoke about earlier. Yeah, don't
0: choose a loud venue or somewhere that might trigger you. You know, you don't want to be going to nightclubs or your old pub that you used to go to, you know, your favourite haunt. You don't want to go to places that are going to be overwhelming and noisy and busy, You know, on your first date with someone, especially when you're sober, you want to find a cosy corner somewhere to have a nice, you know, a nice chat where you can hear each other talking and it feels like there's no pressure in the room. There's no other people like bumping into you and spilling your drinks and doing all that kind of stuff that you used to do when you were a drinker. So just make sure you choose the right place.
2: Yeah, because you want to actually get to know each other. That's yeah. that's really really important. Um, and do make sure. And this is the case whether you're a, whether you're a drinker or a non-drinker. Uh, someone knows where you are, so make sure they've got um, you know the, where you're going. And you know you could even have a sneaky call in the middle of the day or text as a as a get out option for you if you needed an escape plan. Yeah, especially if you're meeting someone
0: on Tinder or something. Yeah, you make sure you've got even a sober buddy that can you know, knows where you're going, knows what you're doing, knows your plans and knows, you know, exactly your destination so that if anything goes tits up, you've always got an escape plan. Yeah, and you can also send them a screenshot of the guy you're going to meet and things like that too. Okay. Um, So take a time out is a good point. Head to the toilets and restart after a few deep breaths. You know, if it's not going well or if you just need a moment to recalibrate, go and take five minutes go in, go into the toilets or onto the deck or wherever you are and take that moment out. It will just make you feel better. And if you fancy doing a run event, that is an option.
2: <laughs> yep. And it's an option many of us have considered. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Change up the date. So make it an adventure rather than a dinner, sitting over a table, looking at each other, which can be the most awkward. So you can do, you know, there's nothing wrong with picnics, breakfast, walk, cinema, um, scooters around the city, anything that's going to spark conversation. I feel like it's less daunting if uh, you're not sitting face to face for the first date. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and check
0: that menu as well when you're choosing a venue. Try and get an AF drink um, option if you can, because that's always it. It takes the awkwardness out. And we know we like having a treat when we're out, don't we? Yeah. I love having an AF beer when I'm out. So, yeah, do that.
2: You deserve a treat. Yeah. This is a key one. Remember you're here to find out if you like them, not whether they like you. (laughs) This is this is what the what the whole point of dating, Um, and so you get to see them the the real them much quicker. And um, in in sober dating, and so each date is really great practice um, to until you until you meet the right one. So take the focus on oh my god, will he think I'm this? Will I think I'm that? To actually, do I like him? Yeah. That is
0: so good. That is so true. Cause you, yeah. you get it's so into your own brain, don't you? It's like, yeah. am I going to say this? What am I going to say wrong? Is he going to like me? Whereas, in fact, the point is, does he like you? But do you like him? Yes. Like, really, sit there and be in that moment and take the time, even on in that time out when you're in the toilets, and go right. How, how do I want the rest of this date to go and how do I feel about this guy? And as I said, recalibrate yourself and check in with yourself and go, right, this is going well and this is what I want from it. So you're going to go get, get back out there and feel more confident again because the ball is in your court um, and you're able to control yourself because you're sober. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. So if you do want to leave, you can. It's just about being up to you. That's the thing we're really drumming into you today is like... You've got the power. You've got the power. You've got the power. power. You are able to control this situation. So there's no need to be nervous. There is no need to have all this self-awareness. It's just you being your authentic self and going into a situation where somebody likes you or they don't. And if they don't, there's plenty more fish in the sea.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it's it's It can be, like, really confronting when you're first dating because you might not have done it for a long, long time and yeah. certainly not done it sober. But this is what dating's about. This is how you get to suss out whether you like each other or not. You don't have a, like, relationship after two dates. Yeah. It's... Do we like each other? Do I like the the vibe of this person, their values, all of those sorts of things? And the good thing about dating sober is it does level the playing field. So they Mm -hmm. are just as nervous as you are, like with the sex, and neither of you can hide it. You know, and that's one thing I observed on all the dates that I went on. They were just as nervous as I was. And so it's like, okay, we're both here. We're both Shitting ourselves, yeah, and, and that's okay, yeah, because this is an wracking situation. And I it's love fine. your point
0: here at the end. Fade. Fade just written a little note that says, "Talk about comparing it to an interview." So you're the employer here, like you are talking to someone, say, right, whether you're going to employ them or are you going to take them on, and you can treat it like that. Each. A separate individual is like your potential new worker. I mean, yeah, it sounds yeah. weird, <laughs> but mentally, if you think about it like that,
2: Will you're you just doing me an interview in groups. Yeah. <laughs> Are <laughs> no, you punctual? <punked> or- <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, it is a little bit like that. I mean, just in terms of, you know, you've got to have your own back, and being sober is all about you starting to have your own back. Yep. And part of having your own back is. Do I like this guy? Is this guy a good match for me? You know, does he bring out the best in me? And you're not going to know all that on the first date. No. So do the date, suss him out and, you know, see see how you feel.
0: Yeah. It's definitely yeah. going to take a few outings and some slightly uncomfortable moments, but there will be the perfect companion out for out there for you somewhere. And you can be sure by being sober that they'll be getting the best version of you. Fizzy water and all. But there is also something to be said here, Faye, isn't there? Mm. For being on your own. We don't all have to have partners. Some people find that in their sobriety, just having your own back is enough. Relying on another person to make you happy might prove to actually be an unhealthy move depending on where you are in your sobriety. Just make sure you're happy first. That's all that matters. So especially if you're on your early sobriety, we just want to say to you, like getting into relationships with people can be sort of shaky ground, can't it, Faye? Oh, my
2: word. Yeah, so Vic, I used to see an intoxicated. Um, you know, relationships can be one of the things that derail people. So they start dating someone who's a drinker and then before you know it, they, they've relapsed. Yeah, they've off the wagon. Um, or... You know, relationship breakups are often the catalyst for relapses as well. So, you know, just they say in AA, don't date for the first year. I'm not saying I necessarily subscribe to that, but your focus in early sobriety is on you and, you know, um, looking after yourself. And, you know, I think that's a good thing. That's a good thing because it's your journey back to you and knowing who you are. And sometimes a focus on a relationship early in that piece is not in your best interest. Yeah,
0: because I know for me it took me 18 months before I started to sort of emotionally mature yeah. when I was getting sober because I was still that 14-year-old people pleaser for yeah. most of my life because I'd been numbing myself out for so long. So I wasn't capable of, you know, if I'd been single, I wasn't capable of having a relationship in my early sobriety. It would have been really messy. But... Mm. Um, but you grow when you're sober and you get to know yourself and you go on this whole other journey that is not about alcohol. It's about you and it's about finding out who you are underneath all that beer and bravado. It's about getting to the nitty gritty of who who you were and who you were born as and finding out and starting to like that person Mm. because that's the huge change. So we definitely recommend that you like yourself and you have a bit of sobriety time before you start really putting yourself out there on a dating scene because if you're vulnerable and if you're shaky, and you get a broken heart, some guy that you fall madly in love with or a girl who's absolutely gorgeous and you imagine marrying and then they break your heart, that is for sure going to make you want to drink again. So just be safe around that. Make sure you're in your safe place because sobriety is about feeling safe and feeling confident in all your choices. So we don't want you to go out there and put yourself at risk.
2: No, absolutely not. And also... Relationships take a lot of work, especially in the early days. And if you're f- spending all that energy focusing on the dating and other people, that's energy you're taking away from your own yeah, um, definitely. sober journey, especially in the beginning. So just yeah. throwing that out there. um So we are on to our top tips. Yes, top titties or top tippity tip tips. Go on then, um, Faye, take it away. Well, look, there's no fails. Uh, it's all a lesson, isn't it? So even though that first date, as we've mentioned, is probably going to be a bit, bit awkward for you and for them, that's okay. Just think of it as a fun challenge, a learning, and you know, like that interview thing. You go for the first interview, it's awful, and then by interview four, you're, you're a dab hand. So um, it's a learning experience, and it's going to lead you to more confidence and strength for future for future dates. So true. And you are hot property, baby. <laughs> you are. You
0: are <laughs> real estate. Don't forget that it's okay to leave. We talk a lot about boundaries on this podcast and on dates it's important to put, out, put up those walls if the need be. If he's rude, leave. If he makes you feel uncomfortable, leave. Or she, of course. If he's drunk, leave. If he tries to make you drink, leave. If he drops salad in his mouth from a height, or gets out those ape adoption papers for you to sign, leave. Nothing is worth risking your sobriety for, and doing all this sober will make those red flags so clear.
2: Yeah. Um, And dating apps. Um, if you've tried them, you know they can be pretty pretty disturbing at the best of times. But, you know, they can seem like the Wild West. But at the end of the day, there are some great people on there and it is a matter of time. It's kind of like a part-time hobby almost when you're doing online dating. Yeah. Um, but this is where you get to learn, you get to test out, you get to see how to go with the sober conversations and, you you know, um, it's it's just a good option to test the waters, um, and you know like I mentioned earlier not everyone wants to put that they're sober on their profile and that's cool that's your prerogative um, or to have that convo but in my experience it is better to have you all on the same page yeah. do try not to take it personally I know it's hard if someone doesn't want to date you because you're a non-drinker and I have had someone just unmatch me as soon as they found out I was a non-drinker even though it was on my profile he kept asking me out for a drink right. and I'm <laughs> like actually uh, I don't drink it's on my profile and he'd been pursuing doing me for a while and he just unmatched me and I was like <laughs> uh, but you know that's okay I don't want to date men with young kids yeah you know and others might not want to date a woman that has two front false teeth yeah. so that's okay <laughs> or yeah, a you pet got, monkey. yeah or a pet monkey <laughs> or a bridal yeah. uh, so you know you're not aligned that's no. cool just move on it's yeah. it's a blessing yeah Meeting new people
0: can be difficult whether you're sober or not sober. But us sober weirdos do tend to get a little stuck in our ways and stay at home lots. I know I certainly do. I mean, I go to bed at 7.30 and I talk oh a lot about God. choosing your days overnights when you're sober. Yeah. So that can be hard when you're dating. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't have to date like you used to. I think that's really key. You can create your own sober dating style. Yeah. Um, Faye and I recommend that you get yourself out there in many ways. Go to meetups. Of course, Faye runs Intoxicated to so go and log into that. Learn to paint, try a running club or synchronised swimming lesson, whatever works. Taking on weekly classes and going to events means you'll be regularly hanging out with people interested in the same things that you are. So much better than meeting someone in a bar.
2: One hundred percent. And daytime dates can absolutely be the bomb. So it can feel like less pressure and do not lock into a whole evening. I I beg of you, Uh, because when you're sober, you tend to know quite quickly if you're into them or not. And I always found I always had an hour limit. Um, that's a good idea. Yeah, having a time limit. On I it. had an hour limit, and if I really liked them and we were hitting it off, I'd extend it, um, or I'd arrange to meet them again. But I always found, to be honest, ladies, that leaving after the hour left them wanting more, and they'd always follow up for another day. Oh yes. Okay, yeah. that's
0: a good like. Yeah, keep them keen. Treat them mean, keep them keen. <laughs> no, we don't. No, don't do that. That's actually really bad advice, isn't it? Well, don't treat them mean. Treat them with sober respect.
2: <laughs> yeah, treat them respectfully. But an hour of your time with someone you don't know that much is still a reasonable amount of time to give somebody exactly I think that's good I think that's a really good tip
0: try not to focus too much on the sex part before you go on a date just try to take the date one step at a time if it's meant to be it will happen when you naturally feel like it and the moment feels right that might be on the first date or it might be on the 100th just don't put any pressure on yourself you have time Do take protection just in case he or she is a total stud and you fancy a good bonky sesh.
2: Oh, you can't be a good bonky sesh, Nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that. You really can't. Uh, Most importantly, remember that sober dating isn't going to be like dating that you've done before and that can actually be a really, really good thing. You're bringing something new to the table, something incredible, the glittery, amazing, sober you. You're being your authentic self and you are fabulous.
0: Yeah, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. Um, being you without the booze marks is the true version of you. And your date, if your date doesn't like that person, well, they can bloody well piss right off.
2: Piss right yeah. off, Take that mate. stinking
0: chimpanzee with them, <laughs> I say. Yeah, so thanks, everybody. I mean, we've got some really good tips on there. And thank you, Faye, for coming and talking about my Sober Day, especially pleasure. the sex bit, because I know, especially for a lot of women on my group, that that is a real fear that they have in sobriety is that initial sex event because <laughs> that's what it will feel like oh. it will feel like the biggest event of your life yeah. but the point is what we're saying and throughout this entire podcast is keep going. Keep trying. You might not like the first guy or the lady, you might not like the second, but you will find someone who is like you and wants the same things. And also if you don't, well, that's okay too. It is. Being on your own for the first time in your life can be an incredible thing. Liberating. Be- liberating. And that's great.
2: Yeah cats are awesome and cats yeah get a lot of cats (laughs) I've got one going actually if anyone wants one it's a Bengal yeah yeah, we won't tell them it pisses all over the place Uh, that was told to you in confidence Victoria (laughs) I'll take that (laughs) shit out
0: shit this week's book is the Sober Girl Society handbook by Millie Gooch an empowering guide to living hangover free offering tips and advice on staying sober and curious in a world obsessed with booze this handbook book will change your life by showing you not only why you should drink less or not at all, um, but how? Millie shares essential information to empower you and transform your relationship with alcohol so that you can lead your most fulfilling life. She's a younger sober uh, influencer yeah. and she does talk a lot about sober dating. So I thought I would just recommend her because love her. if you're in your early 20s and early 30s, she's someone that you could really relate to. Not like us
2: old farts. Not like us old bags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. And I think Faye has a quote for us. I do Indeed. And this is one that I've actually found. Oh, God, I sound like Alan Partridge. (laughs) (laughs) And this is one. Uh, Your relationship with yourself sets the tone for every other relationship you have. Oh, my gosh, that is so true. (sighs) Yeah, it is. And We could have um, not done that entire podcast and actually just said that quote. Pretty much. And it summed it up, hasn't it? Yeah. And that's one of the gifts of sobriety is your relationship with yourself gets... So, so, so much better. And so as better. a result, it affects everything else around you. Yeah.
0: No more of that abandoning yourself on no. dates. No more of that blacking out and not remembering anything, feeling all those awful hungover feelings afterwards. You get none of that with sober dating. No. You just get to be yourself and be, and be
2: regret-free. You get to choose. You get to choose. And you're too good for that old... That, that old, old way of dating. Yeah, yeah, that old boozy rubbish. No way.
0: Thank you, Faye. I just want to say a big, huge thank you to Faye for coming on the Sober awkward podcast today we absolutely loved having you I'm going to add all Faye's links into the show notes about intoxicated and her grey area drinking coaching Um, and Lucy will hopefully back she's been on holiday but she'll be back in a couple of weeks so we'll get back to it then our next topic is going to be about the damage done all of the things that we feel perhaps have have damaged our bodies in ways that we could never have predicted teeth teeth gallstones all of those things yeah Yeah. i miss
2: my old teeth
0: yeah i miss i miss your old (laughs) teeth as well those ones are a bit big aren't they a bit big for your face
2: (laughs) i'll leave you on that offensive offensive joke come in help with the podcast it's just abuse all the way through alan big yeah
0: thanks for listening everybody
2: thanks everyone
0: Thank you for
1: listening to the Sober Awkward podcast. If alcohol is affecting your life in a negative way, if you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for help. Contact your local doctor, a therapist or connect with your local AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yes, go onto
0: Facebook and just search Drunk Mummy Sober Mummy the group. Lucy and I both agree
1: that even though this journey can be awkward, it's definitely worth it. And if we can do it, you can too. For more support on sobriety, head to Vic's website, drunkmummysobermummy.com. And Lucy runs an online space to support and
0: inspire single mums. Find out more at beanstalkmums.com.au. Finally, if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, review and share it with your mates. Yeah, don't make it sound like they have to, though.
1: No, they do have
0: to. I'm not doing all this for nothing. Saying, no,
1: Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode.
0: So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuckuppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores.
3: We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah.
0: Are, there, are there bad bookstores? No, it's probably ones with moody moody what? sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay. yes, good. yes, so there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's
3: only made it into the goodies.
0: <laughs> you can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and e-book are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry and cringe and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book. Even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think?